Welcome to another Believe in Navy football podcast. This is our second edition of the week where we look ahead at the upcoming opponent. And, fellas, we're going to break down Cincinnati. Undefeated, second-ranked Cincinnati. And I wrote an article this week in which I spoke to members of the 1984 Navy football team that upset South Carolina when it was ranked second. South Carolina came into Annapolis Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium 9-0, and uh, poised to contend for the national championship. They uh, kind of caught, caught looking ahead to their big in-state rivalry game against Clemson. And the Navy players said they knew they had a chance during the opening coin toss when Navy won the toss and deferred. And the, the captain of South Carolina wasn't even paying attention. So the referee turned to the captain of South Carolina and said, Which, what do you all want to do? And they said, we'll defend this goal. So in a real oddity, Navy got the ball to start the first half and the second half because South Carolina screwed up. And that was pretty much the story of the game. South Carolina had a pick on the opening possession of the game, and the linebacker had a clear path to the end zone and ran out of bounds. So Navy had a lot of early signs. that South Carolina was not there mentally. But it just goes to show what sound preparation Good game planning because they all told me the coaches came up with some interesting offensive and defensive schemes, did some things they hadn't done previous to that point in the season. And and if you do that, you can pull a stunning upset. So, fellas, can Navy do it? I mean, it would be a shocker. Chris Ravello uh, just told us that the the line is in between 22 and a half and points and up. Uh, fellas, can it happen? Or well, if you're talking about betting, I, I just looked at the money line. Chris, you want to you want to take a guess what the money line is for this game? I didn't see it. What what is it? <laughs> Last what I saw is uh, fifty five hundred. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's that's a big number. But you know, as I said earlier, you know, shock the world. That's what that's what Navy needs to do. But Cincinnati is is a phenomenal team. You know, overall. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a hard task for them, a real tough task. Yeah. Enan, I, I know you think you can always win every game, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you got to, you have to come in and uh, approach it in that manner, right? Um, you can't have any fear. You can't have any doubt, or you're, you're done before you even step out there. Um, but it's definitely going to be a, a tall task. Um, what's it going to take? It's going to take a, a Cincy team that's asleep at the wheel. It's going to take, a Navy team that executes in all phases the best that they've ever executed as a team. And it's going to take that plus since he making mistakes and us and, and not just making mistakes, but you get turnovers, they're touchdowns. You have long drives, they're touchdowns. You, you, we have to be, you know, 60 plus percent on third down, 80 plus percent on fourth down. We're going to have to hold them under probably 30 percent. We cannot allow big plays. I think if we could just stop giving up one play drives or two play drives or four play drives, we might actually have a chance to, to like hang around. And then the longer we hang around, the more confidence we gain, the more that that, that triple option starts to weigh on teams. You know, they get tired of getting cut. They get tired of guys hitting them in the mouth play after play. But, you know, this isn't some team that's got a lot of hype. Like these guys have, have beat some really good teams handedly um so we're gonna have to they don't have to show up on saturday i i I just want you know at the end of the day obviously a win is is what we want right but 
I also want to see us like play, have a good team game, not offense looks good, but defense can't stop anybody, not defense holding them up, but offense can't get a first down or not offense and defense doing well, but special teams getting punts blocked, punt returns for a touchdown, kickoffs returns for a touchdown. Can we just play a complete minimally mistake free game? Um, not do any self-defeating actions. And we might have a chance to 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 be in this thing when when it gets to the fourth quarter. Yeah, Bill, isn't Luke Fickle like didn't we have like I forget what year it was? Like I think 2017, we had like some crazy number, like 560 yards rushing against him. Uh well in 2018, Cincinnati beat Navy 42 nothing at Cincinnati, but I'd have to go back and look at the 2017 game. I'm guessing that they played at Navy. Uh, Let me check my media guide here. Uh, But, you know, Luke Fickle, while we talk about him, he was at Ohio State, and in my mind, he has built Cincinnati in the mold of a Big Ten team. Uh, Stop the run, run the ball. But, yeah, Eric, you're looking – you're talking about a 42-32 victory for Navy in 2017 – but that was Luke Fickle's first season there. Yeah, he really yeah. got things turned around in 2018. It's It's been since 2018 that Cincinnati's really been rolling, Eric. Oh, I, I was at that game. It was at Cincinnati. I went down there, and I at halftime, like, who is this? What's going on here? It was it was bad. It was bad. You talk about the game where we literally could not – they had our number on off, on, on uh, off. We couldn't move the ball at all. Could not do anything. Yeah. Could not even get a first down. Yeah, it was it was it was tough. They, they had a big defensive tackle named Cortez Broughton, who's in the NFL now, and that guy was dominating. Man, he was just shoving Navy guys in the backfield. It, it was bad. But uh, the guy that started at quarterback in 2018 was Desmond Ritter, and he was just a young pup then. But now he's all grown up, and he's pretty darn good. And they're talking about him as a Heisman Trophy candidate. He is having a great season. He's thrown for. 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns, completing a high percentage, 65%. They got an outstanding running back, Jerome Ford, 709 yards, 12 touchdowns. He's an Alabama transfer. Guy's legit. They like to run the ball. They're not a lot like a lot of these AAC teams, you know, spread, you know, five wide, throw it all around. They will run the ball. They're huge up front. They will want, they will mash Navy if they can. Um, so I think it's big on the Navy defense. By the way, Ty Lavatai, the starting quarterback, Coach Kendi Amatololo said Monday that they expected Ty to be able to go. From what I saw at practice today, he will go. What a, From what I saw at practice today, and echoing what Kendi Amatololo said, safety Kevin Brennan won't go. But what does the Navy defense have to do to slow down this high-powered offense? And you mentioned, Keenan, they beat some good teams. They beat Indiana of the Big Ten Conference, 38-24. They went into South Bend and beat Notre Dame in the shadow of touchdown Jesus, 24-13. And in their last two American Athletic Conference games against Temple and UCF, they've scored 108 points. Jeez. We're going to have to tackle. Can, can we tackle? Let's let's tackle on defense. Let's let's not blow our assignments and give them cheap stuff. Two things. They're going to they're gonna move the ball. We're not going to shut them down. You know, they're going to move the ball, but make them earn it. Make them go 10, 12, 14 plays. Can you go 10, 12, 14 plays before you make a mistake? That That's what I want to see on defense. And then we just basic fundamentals. We play our, we play our assignments. We play with proper technique, and we come up and tackle. 
We get the ball thrown underneath. We rally and tackle. We don't dive at people's legs. We don't arm tackle. Like just day one football stuff. That's that's all it's going to take. It isn't some. It's not going to take some grand scheme by Coach Newberry. It's not going to take uh, a freshman or a guy that hasn't playing playing out of his body. It's just going to take doing the simple fundamental tasks over and over and over without making self-inflicted mistakes. And if they beat you when you're doing that, you walk off the field and live with that. But what I can't live with is what we saw last weekend. So, Eric, in that South Carolina game I referenced, Navy came up with five turnovers, four interceptions and a fumble. Um, Does Navy have to get a major amount? Does Cincinnati have to just shoot itself in the foot commit a bunch of turnovers, be sleepwalking at the helm, or can Navy, you know, out scheme them? Maybe you come up with something you have, they haven't seen all season yet. You, you surprise them. What, what is your thought, Eric? Uh, <clears throat> we need turnovers and then we need turnovers bad. We need a lot of turnovers and we need to capitalize. And like, like Keenan said before, um, without those, you know, our offense needs to step up hard and it's going to be hard, you know, how, how was the practice today? How was, how was the health of the guys? How was, how was the morale of the guys feel? You're there, you know, it's hard for Key and I to you know, sense that stuff. What, what are you feeling, Bill? I, I think the morale is high. The guys seem to be upbeat. And as Keenan mentioned on our previous pod this week, Coach Nehemiah and the staff are going to business as usual, and they have been there going about business as usual. Uh, today at practice, they had the music cranking up. They were, and by the way, Navy never used to play music at practice. And then all of a sudden, one time I went to a practice and music was playing. And I asked Coach Nehemiah afterwards, what's up with the music? And he's like, our, our quarterback, Keenan Reynolds, wants music. And you know what? If Keenan wants music, he can have music. <laughs> Man, must be nice. When I was there, zero music, zero fun, nothing, nothing. Like the, first time I heard, the first time I heard music, I was up when you got to the league. Yeah, I was the Patriots. <laughs> And the only, t- the only reason we had music on it was, was because, you know, the crowd noise. Crowd noise. And, you know, I'm like, I'm like, what is this? And honestly, you can't hear a play. You can't hear anything. But it really helps, especially in that environment. But, you know, Navy, Navy Stadium, Marine Corps Stadium, it's loud at times, right? But for the yeah, majority of the time, that's a stretch. Say, that's yeah, a stretch. Eight, eight percent of the time, you can hear the calls. You can hear, you know, what's going on. I remember playing in the Notre Dame game, the one that we, you know, we won that broke the streak 43 years. Kapano Kapanhada. It took me forever to say that name, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think he said it like 20 times. I'm like, what is it, Kaipo? All right. Um, so, hey, uh, real quickly, while you mentioned Kaipo, when Keenan was talking about when you get really, really good at the mesh and you learn to ride it, I mentioned yeah. that to Ivan Jasper. And he said the very first quarterback that ever learned how to do that, Kaipo. do it right, was Kaipo. And because Ivan says, I don't teach that because that, that that's not something we need to be teaching. But if they can figure that out on their own, good on so, them. Yeah. So I can tell you, when I, when I played with Kaipo, it was – I got the ball a ton more when he was quarterback. I love his quarterback because the ball works. He read it the right way. He pulled that ball back so far that it was literally like a, a full second ride. It felt like it was in my stomach for a while. You know, and then I could feel him. He, he pulled it hard. You know, he pulled it from like, okay, that's not my ball. But, it, you know, some guys, you know, like kept a little softer. And that's how the kind – you kind of ruin that mesh. But – Kaipo was a phenomenal quarterback. Kaipo had that that speed, right? You break that 80-yard run with ease. So, you know, yeah. kudos to him. It's to your point, Bill, um, about the point from Coach Jasper. 
So he 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 finally told me. I I never forget. We were in the the meeting room, and he literally was like, "I'm gonna tell you how." He's like, "I could teach you how to uh, to really read this these upstunts." He was like, "But I'm gonna wait." And then one, I don't know what the catalyst was, but one day he finally, I was like, "Just tell me, like, what is it? Like, I got it. Like, I I can run the office. My 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 technique is fine. How do it?" Um, and and he he talked about kaipo, and he talked about being able to kind of feel and take those extra steps with the front foot to get a little more time to read. So, um, but he was right. You know, what he told you, Bill, he, he, he don't, he doesn't teach that. It's just something you have to figure out um, and, and be able to add to your game. So fellas, obviously a very big ask for Navy Cincinnati. Uh, it would be a major upset. It would shock the world. It would derail Cincinnati's plans to be qualified for the college football playoff. Cause as of right now, Cincinnati's in that conversation, ranked number two. Obviously, they are. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll wrap up uh, in, a, in a little bit. Ask our trusty producer, Chris Cervello, where are we at as far as the line in terms of, uh, I know since he was favored by about 22 and a half to open the week, I'm wondering which way it's gone and where we are for the over-under. What, what do you know, Chris? And what are you going to do when you go on bet online? I've seen everything from 23 and a half to 21 and a half. I think bet online the last time I checked before we got on was at 22 and a half. The last over under I saw was 56. I, I think it's going to be over. So I'm going to take Cincy in the over. Gotcha. Well, you've been hot for most of the season. The Memphis was a slight glitch in your success in 2021. But uh, Chris, uh, bet online is all fired up for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. But we're going to do our alumni spotlight presented by New Day USA. And we love Admiral Tom Lynch, former Naval Academy superintendent, former Navy captain, 1963, great team. Uh, and he's with New Day USA, which serves active and veterans of doing VA loans and other great things for the veterans. So we thank New Day USA for their sponsorship. And we are here with Cameron Kinley, 2020 graduate of the Naval Academy. One of the most remarkable fellas I covered during my time at the Academy. And I love Derek and I love Keenan, but Cameron was also a special player as president of the senior class. Uh, just so involved uh, in issues on campus, off campus, and also just a great football player, great enough to have gotten an opportunity with the NFL. And we're going to talk to him about that because uh, it took a while to get that opportunity. But Cam, welcome. Uh, just so everyone knows, Cameron had a, it was a free agent signee of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was with Tampa Bay during training camp. He was released. And now Cam, has been recommissioned as an officer and is serving in the United States Navy again. Right now, he's on temporary assignment duty at the Naval Academy. Cam, 
Welcome, and how are you? What's going on, Bill? I'm doing well. How about yourself? All is good, my friend. Why don't you kind of tell us what you're doing right now at the Academy? And if I remember correctly, you were going to be in intelligence or, or crypto or something. Why don't you tell us what the plan is after you get done with this temporary assignment duty at the Academy? Right. So right now uh, I'm in my TAD duty at the Academy. I'm assigned to the diversity office uh, here at the Academy. I'm working with Captain Lacey on a couple of different initiatives on the yard. And then in, Janu in January, I will begin my career path as an intelligence officer. I'll report to uh, Norfolk, Virginia and go to Intel school for eight months. So that's what the next year or so is looking like for me. So obviously, uh, the big story with you and I wrote about it. Boy, did I write about it. Quite <laughs> <laughs> some time. Uh, so Cam was signed by the Tampa Bay Bucks, went to a mini camp. Uh, he had previously applied and put in paperwork to delay his active duty service commitment to pursue a Department of Defense policy that's in existence, was created during the Trump administration. It allows service academy graduates to pursue professional sports immediately upon graduation. And they, after their pro careers are over, they recommission, they serve their time as officers. So they're not getting out of anything. They're going to serve their full commitment. It was just giving service academy graduates an opportunity to pr pr pursue pro sports while they're in their prime. And then how, and we all know NFL stands for not for long. So within whatever amount of period of time, if they were out of the NFL or major league baseball or whatever the sport might be, they're recommissioned. They serve their required military service. And uh, Cam and a baseball player were denied this by the Secretary of the Navy. He refused to forward their requests to the Department of Defense. And this was a year the Department of Defense, the Secretary of Defense, approved Air Force and Army graduates to pursue NFL football. And so it became a long, exhaustive process. Cam and the baseball player, Charlie Connolly, were told initially that they had no, no option for appeal. That that turned out to be not true. They did have an option for appeal. Cam appealed and his appeal was upheld and the Secretary of Defense approved his request and therefore he did get to go to training camp with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And my co-hosts, Eric Catani and Keenan Reynolds are very familiar with this process. They, they both had different paths. Keenan was granted the opportunity to play in the NFL directly after graduation and enjoyed a nice career with the Baltimore Ravens and Seattle Sea. Uh, Seahawks as a wide receiver, not the quarterback, the record-setting quarterback he was. And Eric Catani was with the New England Patriots, the Washington Redskins, Jacksonville Jaguars, Kansas City Chiefs, I think, as well. But oh, Eric, yeah. Eric had to serve some time, so he's more familiar with the Navy uh, politics. So I'll, I'll let these guys jump in and ask Cam some questions, but maybe Cam, start us off by saying, you know, what was this like for you, this process? And it seems to me that you kind of stood up for your rights and and you were ultimately found to be, you know, correct in what you were asking. Right. Yeah, it was definitely a crazy situation, um, considering everybody knew that this was something that I was pursuing since January of 2021. 
And so I was going through the whole process of training for the draft, you know, doing my different pro days. Um, and then draft day comes around. I get a call from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after the draft saying that they want to sign me as an undrafted free agent. And so at this point, I'm finally thinking, you know, all of the adversity that I had to go through to make it to the league, I'll finally be on an even playing field once I get down there. And so they allowed me to go down there to participate in Ricky Minicamp. <clears throat> Ricky Minicamp went well. I'm down there working out with the guys, and then I get back up for graduation. And they informed me that the Secretary of Navy declined my request. Um, and there was no reasoning behind that. They told me that there was no appeal process. And, I mean, you know, as a 22-year-old who was had his dreams in his hand, as you can imagine, it was definitely heartbreaking. It was tough to deal with. It was a hard pill to swallow. But graduation was that Friday. Being class president, I knew I had to give a speech that Friday. And so I kept everything under the wraps because I didn't want any attention turned to me. I wanted it to stay on the focus of my class and graduation and the commissioning ceremony. Um, but afterwards, we tried a couple weeks going through back channels, trying to, um, you know how the government and the military works. They don't want anything out in the public. So we were trying to take the proper channels to see if we can get a reversal. But when things still didn't change around, I, I told my agents, look, it's still people hitting me up. Um, talking about the Buccaneers. Honestly, it was a lot to deal with mentally. Felt like I was kind of living a double life. And so we took it to the media. And from there, we just got a lot of support. And it finally got overturned on July 7th. And I was able to go back down to training camp. But it was definitely rough because missing OTAs, mandatory mini camp, things of, those na uh, things of that nature uh, definitely didn't work in my favor, already having an uphill battle being an undrafted rookie. So obviously you probably didn't endear yourself to some Navy officers. Do you regret at all that you pushed it and fought for your rights? Oh, most definitely not. You know, uh, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And it's not like it was something that was like groundbreaking. You know, uh, there's been a lot of players from the Naval Academy who have done this. And the fact that it was different players from other academies doing it the same time that I was trying to do it, I didn't see an issue with it at all. Um, I just felt like it was going to be a great opportunity to pursue a dream. And then if things didn't work out, I was still going to be excited to go serve uh, as an officer for uh, in my career field. So I definitely have no regrets. Uh, a lot of the um, naval officers that I know, I've gotten a lot of support from them. And they all said that they were behind me 100% and wanted to see me get the opportunity. So I definitely feel like there's more support than negativity around it. Keenan Eric. Fire off. You know, it's, it's a very sensitive topic from, you know, myself. Um, you know, I was in minicamp, you know, as well. And I knew I had to serve two years. Went, went out, got deployed, you know, <sighs> did everything they asked me to do. Take a qualify, get your, get your swope in. I got my swope in in 11 months. You know, as, as people out there know, it's, it's super fast. Usually it takes two years to get. You know, I was number one on my ship, number one in SWAS, ship handler of the year for SWAS as well did everything I possibly could to be the number one junior officer to get my opportunity to serve in the United States Navy and also, you know, get my opportunity to you know, play in the NFL. And then, you know, got got the, you know, semi-release, made the team, the Patriots, week six, get called back to active duty. So I got pulled around a bunch of different ways. So my thing with Cameron and everybody else is it's, it's, it's just really strange to me how the U.S. Navy has – a different policy in place. My thing is just right. make it fair, make it, make it fair for the whole U S armed forces, air force, army, 
Coast Guard, Merchant Marine, whatever it is, make right. it even across the board. Don't make it like Cameron, like, hey, like you're like you're asked for a favor. Like, hey, can I please do this? Like, no, this is something that this is a policy in place that the United States, you know, the the, the, the United States makes right. Our forces committee makes this policy. Make it even across the board because there's guys and girls out there that have different abilities. They're not just good at football. They're really good at rowing crew. Say so, hey, they go Olympics. They're really good. They're really smart. We're, we're paying, we're paying people to go to Oxford, Cambridge because they're really smart, but then they're going to serve. Right. So right. even me, I served my two years. Then I, I stayed reserves the whole time, spoke, did all my stuff I needed to do. And then guess what? When I, when I retired from the NFL, I still, I served active duty and recruiting. And I did all that stuff. So there, there's so many ways out there that you could utilize this position and, you know, not, you know, penalize you for being this. Right. So like, I don't want you to feel bad. Like, you know, mental issues is, is something that, you know, everybody's dealing with now. Right. You know, depression and stress and anxiety. And I, I'm assuming that you went through it because they pulled you around. You're kind of that limbo place. I know me, when I got right. back to active, active duty, I was like, shoot, like, what do I do now? You know, where am I at? I, all my stuff was there. My car was up there. I was living with my friends on a couch. I'm like, what is going on? So I give it to you, man. You, you did it the right way. And you're, you're present your class. You're, you know, 4.0 student. You're, you're everything that the, you know, the, the Navy wants to represent. So, you know, congratulations on all the stuff you've done. Thank and you. I'll I definitely mention, appreciate that. I'll mention that, uh, that Cam talked about speaking at graduation. He also presented Vice President Kamala Harris with a Navy jacket. And that was the number one picture for Navy graduation was Cam presenting the Vice President with a jacket. So he represented the Naval Academy and the Navy incredibly well before he even graduated from the academy Keenan, what do you think weigh in yeah i mean my my feelings toward are the same as they were when the situation was happening um i was like if there's anybody that you're going to give this opportunity to cam's the man like you literally can't draw up a better resume to, to put it from somebody to, to, to no, get this opportunity. He's, he's, he's amazing. He's a poster child. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> you literally can't draw it up any better. Um, obviously as many know, my experience was different. Um, I was just a, a product of just timing. Uh, if I was a year later, I wouldn't have had the opportunity. Your, your time. It was a pack of a joke or donut before you and everything yeah. else. Is, <clears throat> right. Administration as well. That was in there. It's like, Hey, yeah. this is your time. Keenan, you're also all over ESPN. Everybody knows your name, so it was a, it was a tremendous factor <laughs> for, for the Naval Academy. Like, hey, like, let's push this guy forward. Let's let's get let's get recruits in, right? Yeah. With you playing football and Joe playing football, guess what? Now those athletes after you, they're coming to Naval Academy and saying, "Hey, like, I have a shot to play NFL." Yeah, I, but I mean, it, like I said, my I don't my timing was great. My story is different from from Cam and Eric, but you know, I was really happy to see that uh, Cam got his opportunity to go compete on the high at the highest level. And I think it speaks to volumes. Like I, I just saw that, you know, he it didn't, it didn't work out the way, you know, he, he had initially planned. And I certainly can uh, attest. I've definitely been there and, you know, he's back doing what he needs to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, and I remember running into him at the uh, air force game. We were just kind of talking like dude is squared away. So any type of concern or issue that anybody would have had, it was completely, um, baseless because they obviously didn't know the type of person that cam was so super proud of the way he he represented the academy and represented himself and um you know obviously there's a lot of people that probably feel differently 
um, just just by way of the fact that he was going about it, um, wanting to, you know, exercise his rights and, and do the things that he was in, that he was entitled to do. And uh, you can't be mad at a man for doing that. So but the time mad to man, like people don't realize the larger picture, right? Like he didn't ask that they, they forced that upon him. That's what I'm saying. Like people were like, well, why, you know, why, why is he doing the interviews? Or this, that? I'm like, I mean, first of all, yes, he he's not breaking any laws. He's not right doing anything that is just ab- abominable. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he's just going around telling the story. Like, this is a story. This is, this is what happened. This is who I am. This is why I want to get the opportunity to play. I'm not ducking my service. Like I'm, I'm still, it's still going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is just one of those like blips in time. And I think oftentimes I, I, I got that same thing. People are like, you should serve a nation. I, I didn't ask this and I got hate mail and all this stuff for, Hey, like why you should serve a nation. And I look back, I'm like, the guys that are haters are like, I looked at their Twitter. I'm like, where are you? I didn't see you serving this, this nation. I don't see you doing anything. Yeah. Like, man. Get it, out it, of here, man. So Cameron, you, you did nothing wrong. You, you, you exercise your right. You exercise your right to, Hey, they, they, that armed forces said, Hey, I could do this. I'm going to do this. And why not? So, I have your back, buddy. Yeah, no, that was the biggest thing. You know, people made it seem like I brought this situation among myself, right? Even when everything got reversed and things didn't end up working out in Tampa Bay, everybody's like, oh, you did all that for nothing. And it's like, well, I shouldn't have had to go through all that in the first place, but it wasn't for nothing. This is what I was asking for, you know, and what a lot of people don't realize is I could still easily be um chasing that dream pursuing that dream um but I made the decision to recommission you know that was a decision that I made on my own the Navy wasn't pressing me after the fact but I felt like I I did everything I wanted to do in the game of football and it was time to move forward but that's not the stuff that gets publicized you know and everybody has an opinion everybody wants to um feel how they feel about the issue but like you just said um I checked the profiles and it's like I, I don't see any military background on your page. So if you're so passionate about the military, why won't you join the military? Um, but yeah, I, it definitely took a lot not to get drowned up in the opinions of others. You know, like you're saying, you were getting hate mail. I had DMs and all that stuff in my oh, message, yeah. man. People were talking crazy. But at the end of the day, um, I got the opportunity and that's all I could ask for. And so I'm, I'm definitely thankful. So one thing we were talking about on our previous podcast, Cam, and you and I talked about this today when we were on the phone. You, during the time that you were back home in Memphis, Tennessee, and we'll talk later about what better football is it Memphis area football or Nashville area football? <laughs> but but you did some speaking engagements that I have seen some clips on Twitter, and you are phenomenal. And I told you today, your future is Navy promotion, Navy communications because you are a phenomenal public speaker and Eric Itani even mentioned that Eric your thoughts when you saw some of those videos of Cam you teach me man (laughs) (laughs) I definitely appreciate that (laughs) no honestly like yeah everything everything is great Uh, your agent I know you're under agent as well and you know it's an opportunity it's it's a thing in the world that's happening right now and you know it sucks that you got caught up in it you know, and then your, your face is all over everything. It's kind of like you didn't ask for that. But I think you did a phenomenal job of taking things in stride. Your messaging was on point. I'm not sure your public relations person was, but 
you know, Chris knows some PR people, you know, John Schofield is out there. He's got a phenomenal PR firm. So I think he did a, a great job overall. And if there's anything I could do for you, please reach out to me personally. And I'll make sure I'll make it happen. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. And uh, like Bill was saying, while I was at home, I had the opportunity to talk to a lot of different kids, you know, ranging from my high school to some other high school football teams, um, some alternative schools where kids come from, uh, some situations that I honestly couldn't relate to, but being able to use this gift that God has given me in my story and the different trials and tribulations that I've had to overcome to get to this point, it was definitely good being able to spread those messages with them. And um, I was able to find my passion, you know, through this whole situation, through that downtime I had by myself, I was able to find a passion and do something that I love to do and that um, God's blessed me enough to be good at doing it. And I, that's definitely something that I'm going to continue to try to do moving forward uh, as the Navy permits me. So, you know, that's a blessing, man. Like you, you talked about being able to find your passion. And so, you know, every, not everybody gets to find that it takes some people go their whole life without ever finding out what their thing is. Right. And especially as a football player, like we're kind of groomed to believe that football is our thing, but then football ends. And you, a lot of times you don't have control over when it ends. And then you're, if you don't, if you haven't had the opportunity to develop any passions that are like, that you can actually go after, it makes that life after ball really tough. So, I mean, the fact that you have gone through all this, you have an amazing story, amazing uh, ability speaking. You found that that's what you enjoy doing. You enjoy giving back and working with the community. Like that's probably the, the, the greatest gift that you got out of this whole process more than anything, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, ball ends, the Navy ends, and then you left with your life. And it's like, what are you going to do? How are you going to put it all together? So um, super proud of you, man, for real. From the brotherhood, I think everybody in the brotherhood is. Much love, much love. I appreciate that. So before we let Cam go, Keenan grew up in the Nashville area, the greater Nashville area. And Keenan, I think you went to a smaller Christian school you probably want to know part of Lausanne Collegiate School where Cam <laughs> Kinley went. I mean, never heard of what was the story? Who plays better football, Memphis or or Nashville? I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Nashville does have some really good football programs. Um, you got NBA Brentwood, Ensworth, Oakland, and and whatnot. They got more history, but I feel like in the recent years, Memphis has definitely started to turn the corner. I know we got basketball taken care of. But I think yeah. we're starting to turn the corner more at football. But I, I can't even say that we're more prominent than Nashville because when you bring up the statistics, it's we're just not going to be a match. But I, I think we're on the come up, though. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the basketball point, man. Memphis has always been some hoopers, that's for sure. Um, but I, instead of like indulging a, a city, a city v city, I think I'm I'm gonna take uh, uh, take the high road here and just say that I think Tennessee football is underrated in general. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of dogs that come out of Tennessee from all over the state, and so anytime I Sean see somebody White. with Sean White, Navy football, one of the best ever. Is Navy Navy football headquarters Tennessee <laughs> for real? It's Navy football headquarters for real. And I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of dogs in the league right now. Um, most notably, uh, Jalen Ramsey from Nashville, top corner in the league, top ten player easily. I mean, 
we we got talent, you know what I'm saying? We just don't have the population density of a Texas or a California or a Florida. So we kind of get overlooked. But anytime I see somebody, whether it's from Memphis, Knoxville, Jackson, Nashville, Clarksville, if they balling, I'm happy for them. Well, and the guy we got a credit for Navy in terms of Tennessee recruiting is Ashley Ingram. He's done oh, yeah. a phenomenal job. He discovered Keenan Reynolds. He recruited Cameron Kinley. Ashley Ingram's been an amazing recruiter for Navy football. Hey, Cam, thanks for being with us. This was a great, great alumni spotlight for, for, brought to you by New Day USA. Thanks a lot for being with us, brother. And we wish you the best of luck, man. Hey, thank you all for having me, man. I enjoyed it. Y'all take care. Yes, sir. All right, so, fellas, let's take it out. Navy Cincinnati at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Cincinnati, number two, undefeated. They want to be in the college football playoff. You know, we talked about that South Carolina game and how South Carolina overlooked Navy. It's kind of looking ahead to Clemson. I don't think that's going to happen here. Cincinnati's on a mission. Uh, they're, they're going to try to destroy everybody in their path until they get what they want, which is a berth in the college football playoff. Well, last thoughts, Eric and Keenan, go. It's going to take a lot. Of, it's going to take a, a haul of an effort. It's going to be, have to be a collective win. Everybody's going to have to play the best game they've played, period, and going to need a little bit of help. But nothing's impossible. Crazier things have happened. And anytime you're playing in, in October in Navy Marine Corps, you never know what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm I excited. Like I like that. I think it's gonna, we're going to find out in the first quarter real quick. Real quick, at the first quarter, you know, we're going to figure out that the, the guys are ready to go or if not. But I would love, love to see a huge upset. Absolutely shock the world. All right, fellas. Well, we want to thank our producer, Chris Cervello, who's always so incredible and does a fantastic job producing our program. Thanks a lot for listening to another Believe in Navy football podcast. I'm Bill Wagner. For Keenan Reynolds, Eric Catani, and Chris Cervello, thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. If you're a fan of the Believe in Navy Football podcast, be sure to check out Sing Second Sports wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Several times a week, special guest Bill Wagner, along with host John Schofield and Ward Carroll, help you stay up to date with the latest in Naval Academy sports news as they dive into the physical mission of the Naval Academy and look at varsity sports, club sports, and intramurals at the Naval Academy. So be sure to check out Sing Second Sports.